0: Hello and welcome back to JLXP post LCS week two. This time I brought along a guest, not his first time on JLXP, but his first time on this version of JLXP. That's true. You did like season previews with me back in 2020 spring. So it's been, it's been over two years, I think. since. I want to say though,
1: that was the one where I called that closer and co were going to be good pickups. And that it was going to make a good team, and lo and behold, that became like the the Giga Brain Golden Guardian Squad that became hundred thieves. So I just want to I just want to say that I called it. Okay. Um. And and just you know, no one watched that episode back and, and think about the other claims made that were wrong.
0: Do you have another claim right now that is going to be bold but will be right
1: in two years? Uh, time? About-
0: Oh wow! Oh wow! That's I know. Neat. This is not uh, in our yeah. outline,
1: but you brought it up, so I figured okay, this yeah. is a great. LCS is going to win Worlds this year. I said it was going to be EG, but not doing so hot. But I'll I'll stick <laughs> with the the LCS is going to win Worlds this year. This is the one.
0: Wouldn't that be something? That would be the year. Like, if there's, I, I've t- I've had this conversation with a lot of people um, about like the LEC versus LCS narratives that go mm-hmm. on. But like, the year that Worlds was in Europe was also coincidentally G 2s best year. <laughs> it was just like catapults the region's popularity so like I really 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 hope with the format changes that allow for some more scrim time compared to last year, champions queue the second year of a new like amateur and academy system like I hope that that can at least boost the chances of na because you know yeah I really care about the region I want us to do well so I'll, I'll go with it I, I don't think it's right yeah but uh you there's a chance. you know what's
1: funny though. Is I think not since maybe 2015 has the world champion been on home soil, if I recall correctly. Because oh. I know casting in China yeah. for 2017 was when Samsung Galaxy won, and the year before mm-hmm. that, when mm-hmm. it was SKT, Samsung was in LA. Um, and then we went to China and Korea won, right? Like when we finally went to China, yeah. that was when Damwon won and broke the China curse. I know. Um, and then, and then when it was gonna be in China, we went to we went to Iceland. Right? It was gonna be in China. China won, EDG won, and we were in Iceland. So we haven't had a home soil champion since twenty fifteen. And yeah. actually, no, before that, because twenty fifteen was in Europe, but that was still SKT. So this would have been twenty fourteen Samsung White. I'm pretty sure that You're was right. the last time. Yeah. It's been it's been eight years. It's been eight
0: years. So that means it's definitely it's just, gonna happen just,
1: in year nine, right? It's, 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 it's time. <laughs> it's it's time. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean on to the recap of LCS yeah. week two. <laughs> I uh, I wanted to actually start on a meta point. Um, so the bigger meta is NA is winning worlds, but the second one is uh, Smite Top because I think yeah. we're at a really interesting inflection point. If this wasn't during uh, like Chinese New Year and LCK and LPL weren't off, I do wonder if this would be the like kind of the only region that's doing it because last week we had FlyQuest do it twice. They won both games. This week we had FlyQuest do it zero times, but we had other teams doing it so yep. I wanted to do the conversation of updated thoughts on, one, is the strategy good? But I think the thing that people are more interested in is, like, a clearer idea of how it does work and a clearer idea of some of the things that will work against it. And I think we learned a lot of stuff yep. this, this week, but I'll let you start.
1: Sure. So what's interesting is, um, the th- so I've played maybe 10 games of Janna Top, um, and I had, like, one or two of them were on, like, not Janna, but, like, the same strategy. Yeah. Um, And, like, all the things I discovered in those 10 games... Like, I don't feel like I've learned anything new watching these games out yet. Like, it feels okay. like the teams I'm watching play don't have more experience than I do playing with my Platinum friends in normals. Like, truly, I believe that. Like, I'm not yeah. seeing anything, like, interesting and unique. So the things I already knew is you need a tank support because someone's got to dive that turret, and it's not your jungler because there's no way you're playing this with Zach, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, it has to be a Leona or a Rel or something, and mm-hmm. I don't think we even saw that every time. Like, I think we saw enchanter support sometimes from a funnel team. Maybe that's incorrect. Maybe I'm wrong about that one, but that's what I remember seeing. Um, so, but either way, yeah, like GSM that ran it today and,
0: with Rel and, yeah. and Lulu, which worked. And then when, yeah. uh, when EG ran it, they also had Vulcan on an
1: engaged champ. So I, yeah, I okay, think so we have good. seen
0: tank support. We haven't always seen it with the hyper though. We saw it with yeah. Jin back in week one and I didn't like that.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan of it with either. I think winning through bot is the safest way it works, where just, like, you snowball your bot so far ahead that they just do whatever they want in the 2 on 2 and no one stops them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, cool, like, that's still checking off the boxes where, like, I knew that already. That's cool, just from normal games. Um, The other half of it is I want to see a turbo hard-pushing top lane who, like, makes you 1v1 them because they're going to take your base otherwise. And the closest we got to that was CLG, who were just slamming FlyQuest. Mm -hmm. uh, With Jenkins playing Graves, he ticked an inhibitor, and then he just, like... Stop split pushing, and and this uh, and this is the the point I kind of want to segue into, but maybe we get in this one for a second. It's just like it seems like so many teams are really out of practice and split pushing that they don't know what to do when their top top laners ahead so I will spend more time on that one later but it's like yeah the opposing team needs a top laner who like scales with gold can solo push and gets a whole lot done we saw a different version from Golden Guardians today where they didn't finish the turret with their Graves top they swapped the Felios yeah. over and yeah. said instead we're just going to get this guy ahead and it's less about the Graves and still Lickers is pretty big Um, but it's it's going to be more about bot lane it's more about having the, uh, the ahead of Felios he's going to get the rest of top turret he's going to come back and take bot turret we're going to keep moving him around the map and being ahead I'm not sure if that's better or worse that is the one new thing I've seen to be fair and I yeah. think it was actually clever and I trust in to be a smart man so maybe that is the better version of this um, but uh, I you know I, I you know at the end of the day I'm still in the spot where um, you know you do need to have at some point the cycling pressure because we still got to the point mm-hmm. where the only way golden guys got stuff done was like okay like you got to go do something licorice because like even though I think Aphelios is a better late game carry individually than Jinx, Lulu Jinx beats Aphelios plus nothing, yeah. right? Like, there's no way Rockets plus Whimsy doesn't beat every champion. That was the big thing um, that I noticed in the so, like, game. So, like, your comp games. can't do that anymore, right? Like, mm-hmm. you're against a teamfight comp who, you know, are on five item AD carry. The so Jinx caught so many waves. She was ahead of the curve despite the try of the Aphelios, which makes me think maybe the Aphelios funnel doesn't actually work. And it has to be Graves with the team up because someone has to answer Graves. And you're either sending your mid lane mage out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good luck having only one carry. That's that feels a little too much suspect. It can't be Lulu. It can't be Rel. Right. It can't be anyone else. So it's like you're not sending the jungler out there, right? So yeah, like you, like the opposing mid laner has to answer the grave split or whatever that champion is, mm-hmm. or you have no gameplay. And teams need to be able to play that split push. So like those were all the things that I knew existed from my time yeah, playing it, and yeah. like seeing how hard it was for us. If my mid laner can't handle York, oh, we just lose the game. Um, and so there are a lot of constraints on the on the Lulu Top, Karma Top team because someone has to answer that threat, assuming that threat exists, and it's on, I think, the other team to drop the ball and not keep the threat going.
0: Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. What I would kind of sum up, though, is like the Lulu Top with low farm plus the Jinx plus the Rel, like that three was stronger than a Giga Farmed Graves are really farmed to Felios and his support. Like, that was sure. that was an yeah. interesting thing enough because the Lulu with an Enchanter item, even if it's just like an Enchanter item and a Chemtech Putrefier, was still enough to make that Jinx, like, so crazy yeah. in, in the 5v5. So it it just reminded me of how ridiculously strong late game that can be and how good the bridge can be of having a fifth person on the map. What was interesting to me about the TSM game is like, actually, the TSM game and the EG game, where the EG game was like very kind of boring. They were down like 4,000 gold to Dignitas early and then still scaled up. Uh, But the game could never like break completely unless, like you say, it was broken through top lane, but we just haven't seen that for whatever reason. So, in order to like beat it, my two prescribed things would be like just go even crazier in your scaling pick. But if mm-hmm. you're going to get a super powered top laner, I don't actually. If you're going to do the scaling thing, and I actually don't even have the champion in mind yet, but like, what is the best team fighting top laner that is good against 80 carries? Like, is there an, a top right. laner that can outrange? I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, like, people say Kale, right? I'm, I kind of wonder if she's Kale too is, slow,
1: but, like, getting to 16, she, like, yeah, she has, she has friend So, uh, might be good at like yes? 14
0: because she's going to get turrets anyway
1: so that's maybe true um the only things i kind of caution is like okay you don't have a really good way of stacking up passive pre-16 because every auto is a bunch of attack speed and then yep. once you're at five yep. stacks you get the AOE wave. waves. that's where like mm-hmm. a third of her damage comes from it feels like um like the attack speed included the attack mm-hmm. speed has an ap ratio by the way so like it really 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 matters right um so the pacing's too high for level 16 to be there um free farm level 14 kale yeah is pretty good like to be wow. fair um Yeah, Graves doesn't seem to be the best teamfighter when you have really good battle lines, to your point about what's going on there. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure if having an enchanter with farm, like what keeps you from playing top zillion and autoing turrets and then just like being a zillion? maybe that's okay. That feels weird, yeah. but like, what if that works? But what if it's or also doesn't punish like, your side lane enough?
0: Right. What if it's just yeah. what if it's
1: yeah. Right. And like, I think that's also reasonable. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the things is you talked about how the the those three champions, right? Lulu, Rel, uh, Jinx, is better. Um, and I agree, is because I don't think Graves is actually that good of a of a front to back team fighter mm-hmm. because Rel's going to be in the way. Lulu's got shielding, and Graves hits front line like he's hitting an ulted Sinjiao. Like, does he care? Does Lulu no, Graves like Sinjiao doesn't care, right? um mm-hmm. so it's like you either want a diver like you can bring back top nocturne kind of thing uh where they nerfed his landing phase but the entire rest of his kit works still yeah um you know the idea of playing like an ad jarvan and it's like yeah so when ezreal ults you and we like throw the jarvan ult jinx dies probably every time uh i'm not sure what the other divers are out there right but like that's maybe the look is you can divers tend to be good 1v1 champions when mm-hmm. they're ahead like that works pretty well um and maybe right or yeah. you really are saying no we're just splitting i know trend of course can group right and yeah. that actually works pretty well with the ulti uh but that's kind of the where i am with that thought is is yeah. I, and maybe it's like jack's right or you know it really is just like a fighter with cc who is to flash stun and just win the win the fight from there
0: yeah there, there's one more thing i want to add before moving on to uh individual teams i also think the reason that you know Lorlo, I think, has better knowledge of this than almost any LCS team. You've played it a few times in solo queue and you feel like you haven't necessarily learned much. I feel like almost every LCS team is like dipping their toe in the smite top pond because they know that Riot is just going to get rid of the pond in a couple weeks. So yeah. no so one is this, really oh, go going super deep on their theory crafting, And I actually don't know if this strategy is going to be solved. We have like one more week of it. And then there's the big, yeah. uh, I mean, not a big, but they are changing the support item. Like they're taking a swing at it. And that also signals like, if that doesn't kill it, well, then the next thing will kill it because clearly it sh- seems like Riot is willing to kill it. So I don't, I actually don't know if this will ever be fully explored or we're ever going to get the answers to these questions, which is why theory crafting can be fun, but I just don't know if we're going to proof.
1: Right. And I am, I, th- I thought about it a little bit and I'm actually in the other camp where hmm. I think they should, people should go more all in. So the reason why, and this is actually keying off uh, the interview. I forget which player, but one of the one of the players interviewed on Sunday about playing the strategy around and yeah. like playing around their strong, you know, four man bot side. Um, so the two thoughts. Are basically, one. I don't think the nerfs that are slated for twelve four are going to remove it. I think okay. it, it's it. Riot's right, taking what they can that like make that it's lowing fruit that's not going to break the game apart in other ways, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be enough. A lot of it's around gold bounties. Um, the idea of your top laner getting like some CS in that lane is not terribly important because um, we see a lot of guys that like get 20 CS and then move on, and I don't think that's going to be a big deal if that gets nerfed a bit. Um, and the reason I think it's still worth going after. Is I think you are still playing the game League of Legends, and a lot of the things that exist even in those game states are still gonna carry over in the future. Um, you I know, mean, much the same way it's like, oh, why should we practice Azir? What if Azir gets nerfed? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's also a bad argument. Uh, and so the reason I say this is um, uh, <clears throat> so when you know, you keying off the player saying, you know, yeah, you know, when we have like a really, really stacked bot side and it's just practicing, yeah, we just gotta go for these dives, go for these plays, go play higher tempo, we have to kind of like learn to play higher mm-hmm. tempo. That's a normal game state. Right, split mm-hmm. map jungle happens. Right, where you're actually three v two on the bottom side, or you have the mid push already. Right, you're playing with a twisted fate or a rise. They're going to be there every time. Right, four v two map states are not that uncommon. You can just practice them and play the strategy, and just like get reps on getting the most you can because getting the most out of your advantages. Is- is important right we, I mean how many teams have we seen just like fail to push leads because they're uncomfortable well here you go you must go 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 4v2 um, on the other side right it's it's. I think historically and it's the reason like NA Jace has been a meme um, is I think our teams have been historically quite bad at playing split push Okay. Uh, I just have memories of Huni getting to the world finals on Jace and he just like refuses to group with the team and he's just like hitting bot lane tier 2 with a manamune and whatever his lethality item was and I'm just seeing a 5v4 mid, nothing nothing's happening and I'm like who needs killing your inhibitor now? Mm -hmm. At what point is someone going to answer this man? And, he, like, what he's doing is so effortless. He's, like, literally A-moving down the lane, um, but, like, T1 knows how to split push, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he's set up for it. Um, And and so I think about this, and I say, hey, how many games, like, could you have gotten a Jax counterpicked and and tower dove at level 3, right? Imagine a Jax Mm -hmm. has a winning lane, gets first blood, and has... Okay, well, he still has perfect farm. He still has all five plates. He still gets Harold. He still kills the turret. He's also up first blood. He's more fed than against Lulu, right? Like, there are games where the top laner is more fed and more ahead than the current landscape with Smite Top. Mm-hmm. And teams don't know how to play around it. Mm hmm despite, like, and that's even more ahead, right? So, like, you can play this, and on the other side, you can literally get these reps in to learn how to ward deep for your top lane. Or He probably goes blue trinket at nine. You put control wards down, and you ensure this guy gets to kill the inhibitor while you're trying to fight bot lane tier two, right? Or you're getting your second dragon or whatever. Like... And you can, like, I think these game states are worth practicing because they're mm. relevant game states, even though the way you got there is non-typical. So even mm. if smite top is gone, at some point, Licorice is going to be five kills ahead of the enemy top laner, and Golden Gunner should know how to play around that, right? Like, that's a real game state that will happen this season. Mm. Fair enough.
0: I, I think we'll have to keep tracking it. That's an, that's yeah. an interesting take. Uh, let's, get to, yeah. th- let's get to best LCS team at the moment, because there's a logjam at the top of the standings. Yeah. Here's, five teams that are tied for first right now uh currently i would say after two weeks the best team in the lcs is going to be tl partially because of the way they looked like maybe even with ayla as their support they'd be the best team but i also expect that they're going to be getting core jj back at some point which just has me pretty confident keeping them at number one What what's your take
1: so I don't like the ones I'm looking at like their strength of schedule right now and yeah. Team Liquid's one good win and I'm, I'm taking this to be cloud nine yes. was against um, Fudge playing Metarelia and mm-hmm. I personally didn't like the um, I the fact that Blabber got two or three ults cancelled by Gragas and hey Whippo is outstanding right those mm-hmm. players are very very good word on the street is J might be playing very soon for that team like that's really exciting if that really comes true mm-hmm. um, TL look pretty stacked but like I look at 100 Thieves and it's like oh no well they beat TL um, they beat Evil Geniuses they, they had that one last To Immortals okay whoops but like they've beat the other cream of the crop and looked really good doing it Um, and and maybe it's actually Cloud9 and they're just like oh yeah they're the Enchanter mid team and they're just going to keep wrecking faces doing so and that could be fair Uh, but look at the other ones and it's like okay well you know FlyQuest's 2-0 in the first week was playing a strat that might die and it was against two of the weakest teams in the league right they beat CLG and they beat Golden Guardians whose 2-0 week included beating CLG Right. Mm-hmm. So um and the other was what, TSM, right? Like they had actually the easiest schedule of all time. They played both zero four teams. That's their two a week. That's one of the teams FlyQuest beat. The other team they beat was CLG, who's also zero like and, okay. and TSM. Congratulations. Yeah. Your three wins are against the literal three weakest teams in the league. I don't believe in you FlyQuest at all, right? You beat nine, ten, and eight. Strength so, of schedule so, wise, you FlyQuest
0: know. has easily the the lowest yeah, strength it. of schedule.
1: So yeah, it's yeah. uh just to recap
0: everyone, it's Hunter Thieves, Cloud Nine, Team Liquid. Would be like the three traditionally top teams that you'd expect to be three and one and then dig and yeah. FlyQuest quest to be the two surprising ones so i think FlyQuest is out of the running for top yeah. um and dignitas yeah. probably as well if i'm reading between the lines, their drop be... was to
1: eg yeah and they beat tsm mortal clg yeah. right like their their collective opponents are one in eleven so right the your... teams they beat are one in eleven i think for dignitas do you have a call so, so, so yeah dignitas becomes a pumpkin uh so my call is just gonna be hundred thieves like that that's this call i'm going to make okay um yeah initially my call coming into the season was gonna be hundred thieves um team liquid e g mm-hmm. um i keep the one two i bring c n n up to third uh being you know impressed by their week one i think it overall does look good for them and and that's like my three four is like the e g cloud nine line
0: okay i uh i am also like people are weirdly down on hundred thieves i think because obviously lock in uh, then yeah. sure they bounced back to 2-0, but then they had that bad looking loss to Immortals. But when I watched the FBI player of the week interview, which they actually filmed right after the Immortals loss, he like, he copped a bunch of the blame. He's like, we actually, you know, I didn't play well enough who he didn't play well enough. We didn't have a better front to back team fighting comp, but we still tried to run it down. We were disrespectful. Like, I feel like they diagnosed that loss pretty well and I think when they played a more controlled game like they did against EG, they're still going to be like, very much top two, top three. I just I just edged TL partially because I think Bwipo's been so outstanding, uh, and their games have just looked the most controlled. Uh, but to your point, yeah. C9 did play what I thought was their weakest draft relative to their player skills in the TL game. Which was the yeah. blabber on I made this point in Karthus. the like LCS pre-show. Blabber on Karthus is fine, but he just clearly didn't have the reps on the pick. Um, so that comp might have actually been the coolest or like the best because it's the like cool AP jungle. I really loved the first strike, uh, like gold, gold farm fire? off that he did. Yeah. It's like dragons up in two and a half minutes, no objectives are here, I am just getting a kill. Like I want to do that in solo queue. Yeah. But you shouldn't, because the fights are going to be way too rapid. It, it's yeah. only going to work in LCS. I was like really wanting him to do it more, but I think he found the one moment where he should have done the first strike all for gold, and he was pretty smart for the rest of it. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting at the top, and I, I think those are the three. And uh, yeah, I'm TL, you're 100 Thieves. Yep. Another team I want to talk about in this one was uh, actually Golden Guardians, where... I had this note actually before they even won the extremely sloppy TSM game that almost would have had everyone like losing faith in them. But I kind of wanted to say like watch out for Golden Guardians. I think there is an outside chance they have some major upset potential. Next week they play 100 Thieves, which I'm actually really looking forward to that game. And then Dignitas. So I think that's, I actually think they will be favored against Dignitas for me um, based on the way they play. And I'll tell you, I'll kind of tell you why. Like, their early games have actually been so explosively good. Part of their... On Oracle's Elixir, they keep track of turret plates now, um, mm, which is pretty cool. And since there are some map splits and they've played two kind of map split games, that is definitely a slight advantage. But like they're at nine plates per game. The next closest is 6.5. Um their gold advantage at 15 is over 2,000, which is the highest in the league right now. They have been horrendous yeah. at closing games, but I just see a lot of really good signs out of the way they're they're like playing the map. Um, and I think they're going to... I'm not saying they're a top team, but I think they have a sure. pretty good chance of, of getting pretty close to 500 this year.
1: The problem I have with that, though, unfortunately, is two of those games were against Funnel. Sunday against FlyQuest exactly. and Sunday against TSM. Were. But I will say yeah.
0: the FlyQuest okay. game... Like, the funnel is supposed to be good early.
1: I just haven't seen that actually happen, I feel like. The like, first weirdly, FlyQuest
0: one, it was. Yeah, I, I keep okay. seeing the top laners, like, run it down with numbers advantage. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, I think about Fly CLG and, like, yeah, you're right. Like, Jenkins is, like, just solo pushing and getting stuff done and getting a bunch of turrets, and he's getting big. Yeah. But the other side of the map is still going equally well. So you're right. Like... You're probably right. If you graph all funnel games, it was not an obvious gold lead for one team or the other. Mm-hmm. But but that's you fair. know like using, the stats, the stats stats are, like are going to be a little
0: bit tarnished, yeah, especially skewed. the plates and the gold stats because the the plates yeah. in particular, like if you're map splitting, the plates are going to fall really fast.
1: Yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, they do have that that bias there. That said, I mean, I do think they're good. Like I'm I've been a Golden Guardians homer for a while ever mm-hmm. since they kind of retooled the. The, the the team management with Enero um, and danon like I've been mm-hmm. I've been waiting for good things and it's usually been pretty positive so I still definitely believe in them and I think Pride Stalker is amazing uh, so I'm I'm a big fan of the team I think they're really good I am agreeing with you that I think Golden Guardians Dig is a very good match I personally favor Dig actually I think they're the stronger team but I think that is a really really good line for okay Golden Guardians you won against two zero four teams now you get to play against the middle to high end teams like I have Hunter season number one um, like okay this is your real test like let, let's get it.
0: What do you think about C9? I know last week I I said it was like the most interesting team in the LCS. And then because they're not undefeated, right? They kind of dropped the game. There's decidedly less Cloud9 hype. But yeah, what's what's the update of your thoughts? I'm
1: hyped. I'm still hyped, right? They do clearly play somewhat different. And we say this is like... Well, they picked Zillion, which is what TL already does. You know, like mm-hmm. that's already Bjergsen pick. But um, you know, it's just it's fun. I'm glad like the players talk so much. So um, I ran into Fudge in uh, makeup today, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, play another rocket game, and he let out the biggest sigh I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> and he plays Zillion, which is practically the same champion. Um, oh, they're so and, different. I mean, they're a little different. I think You're Zillion's still playing so much harder. Probably, think, right? So it's he's possible. probably harder, but you're also still a raw enchanter, right? You are playing an actual enchanter. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. your CC's a bit more reliable, but you're clearly utility champion, yeah. right? Like, he is not the carry. So it, it's, I think, in spirit, a very similar pick, right? Okay. In the way that, you know... That, that's my belief, anyway, right? It's yeah. it's a slightly cooler karma. Uh, anyway, the, the point is that Cloud9 definitely have unique looks, though, right? We have three enchanter mid-picks, which is more than any other team has combined, right? Like counting the Bjergsen, like two zillion games. Um, and then also like they have this really cool triple AD Carthus thing where, right. They're like, Oh yeah, the actual tech is Aurelia flex early because blade mm-hmm. of the ruin King got buffed, mm-hmm. um, into, I believe Triforce was second item. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and knowing this is going to turn into an AP jungle draft because, oh, well, of course, all top laners are physical damage. And, of course, all the meta bot laners are physical damage, right? So it, it speaks to LS having a really intelligent read on here's how comps actually work out. Mm-hmm. He has beliefs on what junglers are good. It clearly could have worked the Karthas game, right? And the draft lined up for it. So, so far, I've seen, like, really cohesive drafts every time. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it. They're doing this thing. And, and obviously Ellis is smart enough to know matchups and his players are smart enough to know matchups. Um, the fact that Summit built a warden's mail is like 10 out of 10. Like they're even making good <laughs> itemization choices. Uh, like he's building a warden's mail the first I've ever seen against Jace. And across him is PoE, who's building Void Staff second as the only match damage in his team. And I'm like, this you is- You went really this is hard on PoE. 9. It's really dumb. <laughs> I was, like, and I know identification is never the primary reason you win a game, um, so it's only ever 10% yeah. of the game, but I do wonder, like, how a different top lane looks when, when that man has Bramble Vest and the Jace can still push him, right? Yeah. Like, does the freeze never happen? Does he never get control or whatever? Um, there was a bunch of other stuff that went wrong that, like, you know, the Jace had to solo flash a Malphite ult with no one ganking him because they have no word control, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's other mistakes mm-hmm. being made here, um, but, like... It's good to see cohesive builds come through, right? Because that's what I nerd about. It's cool to see a comp that, like, makes cohesive sense that, like, was planned for from step one. Like, that's really cool. It stands out to me, and and I credit LS for that and and the rest of the players on the team.
0: Yeah, I'm still on the hype train as well. And even with the loss, uh, I said this on the desk as well, that, like, I'm totally fine with it. Blabber wasn't comfortable on Karthus in terms of reps he was still like a much better Karthus than most players, but he wasn't like he wasn't a Malice level Karthus who would be what you're comparing him to, as Malice being the sub jungler on the team. So I, I'm still okay with it though because it's it's week two, man. <laughs> like it's yeah. so it's week two of spring, and they're definitely looking forward towards Worlds. So being able to have the threat of that type of different cohesive comp uh, is something that I'm fine with them experimenting with if being. Uh, like a draft gap team is going to be a large part of their identity. I don't think you actually yep. need to have a like a plan of being a draft gap team to to like win in your region, but it's yeah, sure. definitely a strategy that they look like they're pretty core towards going going into and and I super respect them for that. I'm really looking forward to seeing them continue. Still still like must-watch TV for me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Love every game.
0: Okay. TSM.
1: There's zero Sky's falling. They're zero four. How, they're how they're, much is they're tenth place on? in both leagues. So, I, I think it is. So, that is thing. bad.
0: That I, is bad start. Is but really it's bad. also only two weeks. So even, know. It's, it's like only... contrasting the young. This is the, this is the biggest thing for me, and this is why like, um, I would not want to be inside TSM right now because I think there's so much pressure that can be put on them. But it's also True. like fascinating for me to watch it because, fr- like, when are they going to panic? Are they going, like how much time, how many losses can they have before either a coaching change or a roster change is almost like a thought experiment. Uh, yeah. Keeping in mind like how they lose as well, because some of them are super one-sided and some of them are close like today.
1: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is um, the real answer is completely internal. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if it's 0-18 or 6-12. and The real answer is what's going on internally that, that mm-hmm. we won't see until one of the TSM Legends comes out. Um, So you know, I want to do a a quick sidestep on the two weeks in. Like, Academy's 18 games in. They just have the worst Academy team. They're four and 14. They've played two games with every team. They have the worst Academy team. Mm -hmm. So there's not like easy people to bring up right? Mm-hmm. Like, it has to be an outside signing if you're trying to immediately write the ship. So, the goal is, hey, it's a growth squad, right? And I mm-hmm. talked about that when I was doing the intro for the game um, today, Sunday when we're recording this. Um, I accept that TSM are a growth team, and that's okay. I don't I don't need them to win a bunch of games to to see it. I want to see where it goes, right? I, I need to see growth happen. I don't think they came in day one and they're like, we're perfect now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by comparison, Dignitas came in, and on day two, they fixed half their issues, and it feels good. Um, from seeing some the champions queue tweets from from um, challenger or ex-pro players. Yeah. Uh the call that I liked a lot, because I retweeted a tweet about it, um, was um broken English comms greater than regular comms because jungle come top, I need reset is mm-hmm. better than hey my way is crashing, man. I'm gonna be down 15 CS like can you come up here? Like it's really <laughs> just just be actionable, right? Like, yeah. um, like as someone, I play a lot of free with friends, and like our comms are abysmal. Like, we yeah. we do so much dumb stuff, and it's like, yeah, I just tune everyone out after a while because like three of us just won't stop talking about dumb stuff that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if it's just like top die or you know come top this wave, right, and just like you have some level coordination, and yeah, you can you can get better if everyone's English is fluent and you can have you know more conversation back and forth. But if you can get rudimentary comms down, you have eighty percent of the game, right? And keep in mind that like. All the Chinese teams who won Worlds basically all had two Korean imports, which means they found a way to make it work as well. And they won the World Championship doing so. So clearly mixed-language teams can work very, very, very well mm-hmm. if, what, three of the last four World Championship teams have had two imports each. Right. Um, and, okay, yeah, Rookie speaks who, fluent Mandarin. Who like, have okay, learned sure, the language
0: quite well for, as far Yeah, as we of know. course,
1: so. right? And that's and that's fair, right? But, like, hey, that means that TSM trajectory is getting to a part where coordination is going to be easy, right? It's not always day one, of course not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, to cycle back to the point, um, What what's going to work for TSM is how is work going inter- internally is the growth still happening? Right, you picked up LDL players with the expectation that they're going to grow into the role. Like Speak is mm-hmm. ready now; he's the defining MVP. He's been the world. It wasn't a great showing, but whatever. Right, like he's obviously a very good player. Hoonie's done th- done that. Tactical's done that. Like these are all good players. And okay, it's up to Shendi and Kaiduo to like get up to where TSM wants to be uh, with players who are or can be top three in the role, right? Mm-hmm. And, and have done so via all-pro voting and an MVP ballots and whatnot. So um, as long as they see growth. Then they're happy. If they're like actually it's 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 not working, it's not working. Can we call up DeMonte and get him off of CLG Academy? You know, then then maybe it's that. But um, it's all going to be what work looks like internally, mm-hmm. not what the results are on stage. Mm-hmm.
0: I I hear you, but I also think there's some type of benchmark that when you hit a breaking point, something happens. Like it's I I also think they're a development team, but it's a question of like how much development because. You don't really see, and I know we have a split system, but Spica is the MVP from last year. I can't think of a sport where the reigning MVP is okay with being like 0-8. Your and
1: whatever, yeah.
0: Yeah, like it just doesn't happen. So I think they're they're 0-4 now. If they get to a point where uh, like after four weeks, we're going to have nine games done. Their eighth game of the year is against COG. Like if that's a double zero seven matchup and they lose to CLG, that's rock bottom, and I don't see them like that's where I see them bailing if there's a bail. Um, but the like to speak more specifically about their gameplay, we've been talking a lot about their theory and and mixed language stuff, uh, their lane assignments and I, I if I have time, I'm gonna go deeper into this. Their lane assignments are really weird, therefore probably pretty bad. Like. Just think, um, of, just think about how often you've seen, just in your mind's eye, like tactical, alone, on a jinx, in a side lane, dying. Right? It's happened like multiple times in the last week. And now think other jinxes in a side lane by themselves ever Like, sure, it does happen. (laughs) It does happen. It happens in, like, solo queue. But, like, either they have vision and they're pushing at a wave when they know where everyone else is. Or they have cover with them. Or they're just mid. Like, it's so frequent that, like, once turret plates are down, sure, there's moves around the map. But the default lane assignments is solo laners go side, eighty carries go middle. But, like, it just feels like no one is going side lane. And this is a feeling thing. Like, no one is going side lane, so Tactical sees a wave up there, and he goes up there. Or there's, like, Kaiduo and Tactical in mid lane, and Tactical's like, what the hell? Where's my farm? And he just leaves. And, like, it just feels like they're not even talking about... And, one, I actually don't even think you can talk about lane assignments that well. I think it's something that kind of needs to flow naturally. They are definitely not flowing naturally. And when when that, yeah. when that that is off, like... An AD carry like Jinx being in a side lane just to like give an example of kind of how the game flow works. Like a soul laner in a side lane will get push. That means they'll have a turn, which means they run into river. And that's when your team either gets a fight because they have numbers advantage on a mid wave or they get mid turret like push so they can then move into river um, if the viewers can follow there. But when an eighty carry does that, like the turn that an eighty carry has is so much less lethal than the turn that a soul laner is going to have. It's really like you're just not going to make progress in the game if your jinx is the one catching side waves and moving. So that's worrying. Their hands are still good. Like yeah, tactical had some ridiculously awesome team fights in the Golden Guardians game uh, that almost turned the game around. Also, in yeah. typical tactical fashion, he like never he has like all gas no break. He did like four things amazingly, and it's like I tried for the fifth one and I died okay yeah that's that's too bad but there's you know that that same like fingers potential you've always seen
1: yeah i mean the fact that that i mean he's he's so almost i don't want to say single right because the fact that lulu's throwing every button on him is such a big deal he's um tracked but so much he in was game. he was so good like mm-hmm. I, and and I, he was the first player cam i saw when the game ended and he's just like just like zoned out looking at his computer like yeah he did everything he could have right like and it's not like Hooney did anything extra wrong. I think there was one mm-hmm. fight result was down because he wasted it, but like he did the, you know, the four out of ten that you can only do out of Lulu because there's only so much to do on the champion. But like, where's his support? I mean, I guess, you know, um, Olive was kind of running it, but but still, like mm-hmm. You know, someone else just do any more of the heavy lifting here. The fact that both solo laners got with Elder Dragon got killed by the Graves to lose the game. Like yeah, they would have lost anyway because of the the main the main base stuff, right? But only because Lulu had to also go back. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's like okay, well, you know, damn, imagine imagine you know anyone else plays better on that one. Um, When they did the Baron stop, like Vex misses her ults. Which would have been probably a triple kill and stopping Baron and the gameplay goes different. So, like, you you can point fingers at a lot of stuff just, like, you know, mechanically going wrong. Did, um, did you yeah. see...
0: um This is a bit of a tangent, but did you see the Telestrator segment that I did with High before
1: the yes. COD
0: Dig game? Um, the, yeah,
1: yeah the, the Dig and Toss, fog of War, trying to stop Yeah, the kind thing, of, yeah. like,
0: Game of Inches thing. So, High... He might have another one for next week because he was watching the Golden Guardians TSM game. I haven't seen it yet, but he's going to show it to me next week. He counted, like, five different instances where... One player does something different in that TSMC uh, Golden Guardians game, and it's over. Like there were yeah. five, like there are five moments where one player makes a different decision, and the game is over. It was it was so nuts that game.
1: Yeah, I think all the games like that have that. I I, I still think back to mm-hmm. uh, Cloud Mime Samsung Blue game three, um, or maybe it was game four, um, where Cloudy goes for the base race. Oh, you're thinking uh, all the they, way they, back in 2014. 2014, yeah. yeah, yeah. 2014 World's Quarters, where like legit Lemon shields something too early, just like something unimportant, and then they get into like a team fight at the Nexus towers, and it's like if he has shield, stinky kills everybody, <laughs> and the game's over, and they're up two one against Samsung Blue, the like reigning LCK champions in the quarterfinals, right? And it's like maybe that's maybe that's the run, right? And and you know, but that's again, that's another yeah. eight year old thing. You know, the last time we had uh, you know winners on home soil, I uh, appreciate the, the hope someone anyway. will
0: call you out. Cloud9 yeah. was down yeah. one two, it would have forced
1: a game five, yeah. and then they- yeah, it would have forced. Then they Something like even that. Even well, they, yeah, some, some of that effect, right? They never like, had they, two they, wins. Yeah.
0: That, they, they won the first game right, and then right. they lost. They the next would have gotten
1: third. the second yeah. win is yeah. the thing, right? Yeah. So uh, they would have been in that state. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Just like it's, it's a <laughs> thing I still remember because I was like, this actually would have been a thing, and and yeah. so that's been in my memory for a while. But yeah, that, like any of those games are so tight where it's like those are the things that happen, and just slightly better hands, slightly better instincts is what goes on there. And and tactical played on the edge really well, right? Like I think he actually is really, really good. The fact that he was third all pro on TL last split, and he is. I mean, he and Spika are the best players on TSM to me right now. They, they are both very, very good. Shendi is very aggressive, and he makes some mistakes, but also some killer plays. Mm-hmm. Like, he has gotten them some great kills, and he's also, you know, had some 8-death games. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, like, he's very also all-gaster breaks, which, by the way, like, makes that bot lane pretty good. I like watching them play. Um, But, yeah, I see your point about, like, coordination issues, like, just not having the basics and fundamentals of, of who's catching waves where. Like, that needs to get fixed, right? And when well, you have a, what, one split or two splits? From from Kaiduo out of LDL. Like mm. that's not a lot of time. Mm. And I compare him to uh Kui, who, you know, also has only played in LFL, but like mm-hmm. I, I didn't I haven't looked at up recently, so I don't remember how long he played there, but like also has never had an LCS level league. And he's doing just fine. Yeah. Right? Like we're happy with him. Blue played a, ve- a bit of, of L E C obviously like not an actual rookie in any way, but like he's great, right? Quickly, you know, like relatively early on in the career. So um You know, there there are other players who like took a shot with an import without a high level track record, and those guys are ready much sooner.
0: I was speaking with uh, a pro player. I don't need to name them for this, but he was surprised that if you're going to go with a development player that doesn't speak English, support is a strange role to do that. And I, I hadn't necessarily thought of it from that angle, but I kind of agree. Like 80 carry, even mid, like even top, someone who's not needing to communicate so much with the rest of the team and like really control the vision, it's it's like just kind of an even harder transition, I think, for him to to move into the pro game than than a different role, which is interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, here's an impossible question. That like great you have a you have like a one in fourteen chance of getting this right. TSM has fourteen more games. They're 0 4 what yeah. is their record at the end of eight weeks
1: three i think it's three i'm gonna right now 15? with what i'm seeing i'm seeing three and 15 that is that is what i'm currently that's, seeing that is 10th i
0: think i think that would be 10th
1: yeah i mean the question is, and i'm not sure if i like clg or mortals more than that um but obviously gonna play each other a little bit so that's where all some of the yeah. ones are coming from but like those are three that right now are circling the drain for me that unfortunately just stuff's not coming together quite wow um And, and I think TSM are the lowest of that bunch. Okay. Um, Yeah. They just haven't looked promising to me. I mean, like, again, there are, there are glimpses, right? Mm -hmm. There are parts that look really good. Um, Still big on Speaky. He was huge in the game they played on Sunday. I'm big on their bot lane in lane. I'm big on tactical everywhere. Yeah. And so like, that's going to get you three wins. If they improve, it goes to like seven right? If they get substantially better fairly soon, it goes to like seven. But I, you know, I don't see them as even reaching skill-wise a top five team. So if they improve, they could be skill-wise the sixth or seventh best team from a zero four start, right? Which is like maybe that reaches seven.
0: I was going to give them six, but I guess six and 14 means that they're almost, they're winning just less than half their games, which, yeah, I'm going to give them six, which is six and eight from here. That's less than I put them at the start of the year because I had them as a fringe Mm. playoff team. I realized I had them in sixth, which which seems bold already. That's usually after, eight wins, right? Yeah, usually it's usually eight or eight nine. And ten wins. or nine and nine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, some years it's been like year. ten because if you, if you have two teams that are really in the dumpster, then everyone's wins get inflated. Oh, right, yeah. Right now, <laughs> TSM and COG are those teams, but I it's, it's two weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna personally give it more time. After four weeks, I, I'm kind of going to do the same thing. After four weeks, I'll make my call if I've seen any growth. If yep. they look just as bad after four weeks, it's it's a ruined split. But I think they have to. Yeah. Uh, do you yeah. want to do? You want to participate in my way too early MVP rankings? Sure. Okay. Sounds fun. Yeah. So last week I did my way too early MVP rankings, which was after one week. I, I ranked what my top three in MVP are. I actually have a top four now. Um, I'll just give them to you. Go. Number one, mm-hmm. not on the list last week, but still had a good week. I Whippo is actually my MVP front oh, yeah. runner after two weeks because he just has so much impact on every game.
1: Agreed. He's he's actually my number one. Even if I don't have TL's the best team, he is so clearly the best player in the league right now that he's my number one as well. So yeah. I agree with there.
0: And he's got such a good personality too. I just I'm no, oh, he's amazing. Fan. I love him. Yeah. Uh, then I go Berserker, who was my number one last week because I thought he played like actually two perfect Felios games. He had a gin game where he made like one big questionable decision, Um but his Ezreal game was again like fire. So I think he is actually just so good and could actually be. Like, uh, one of the core reasons that the, like, Cloud9 LS thing, like, works, like, you can do all these yeah. crazy drafts and all these enchanters and all these different things, but if you just have the best AD carry in the league, you're going to win a lot of games almost regardless of yeah, what you're you are. doing. So, he's two. Yeah, bot lane's really big. Yeah, uh, River is three and FBI is four. That's how I, that's how I round it out right now.
1: Okay, yeah. I mean, I think River makes some sense. He's clearly, like, outstanding at Dignitas and, and really solid. Um, I'm excited to see Cloud9 against TSM next Sunday and then Cloud9 against 100 Thieves the week after on Saturday because mm-hmm. those are two of the best in-lane bot lane teams, right? I actually have a lot of faith in and Tactical, so I want to see that fight. And mm-hmm. then obviously 100 Thieves, it's all about FBI who and Close are playing in bot lane. So, like, those are the cool tests for me especially. Um, they, they've they already fought the EG game, right? So, you know, they, they did just fine against um, Danny and Vulcan. So mm-hmm. I just want to see the other matchups of, of the bot lanes that I respect a lot and see where that goes. Um, so, yeah, I think of cloud nine berserker is probably the front runner i agree with that one there's honestly a case it's an outside case where a fudge actually keeps fighting enchanters and they work really well maybe he takes the ballot from each because like mm. if he plays them well he just becomes most impactful mid and yes it's going to yeah. be blabber looks really yeah. good yes it's going to be um berserker also looks good but like i can see fudge going on a ballot for that i don't know yet but but like i want to you know pencil him in underneath berserker here <laughs> um yeah, and then hundred thieves like as my best team. Yeah, I think FBI is the easy leader there. It's it's him or um, closer. Just in general, it's always gonna be those two who seem to be like doing the most heavy lifting. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely Whippo. I probably agree. I, I'm trying to think of, like who actually becomes the top three if it's if it's FBI slash closer or River or um, uh, uh, Berserker. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm just so heavily Whippo that it's like there's no one else on my ballot right now. Like I just yeah, want to see more, sure. so it's just Whippo, and then no one's no one's enough for me yet. Awesome.
0: Anything else you want to talk about or, or even plug your YouTube, your patch rundowns?
1: Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, YouTube.com slash freak. Actually, pretty easy to type in. Um, yeah. Patch rundowns every patch uh, the morning of. So Tuesday mornings usually or afternoons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes I'll do uh, week off content as well, where it's optimizing builds because I like learning about builds as well. Those so really cool. sometimes there's going to be stuff there as well. um So yeah, sometimes it's like off meta picks who should be played, or sometimes it'll be. Uh, I think in the future I'll be doing some for meta picks who can be optimized a bit. Um, I did some research a couple nights ago, and for a lot of the top picks, actually, people are building them pretty close to optimal, which mm. that was kind of nice. nice. um There's only a few things that I would that I would quibble about, kind of bring those up and I want to make a video. So um, otherwise, though, keep watching LCS. But of course, you do. You're watching this podcast.
0: Or you're someone who doesn't watch LCS and only keeps up with it through JLXP weekly recaps.
1: Yeah. I don't know how. Watch some LCS, especially when I'm on. I tweet about it. Follow me on Twitter. Yeah.
0: For those of you who've seen my screen change color, it's because I've had my outline on the main screen, but now I have my recording software on it, which makes it a little darker. But I will say yep. thank you again for listening. Please, uh, you know, like the video, leave a comment. I read all of them. Subscribe ring so you the know bell. when new episodes are coming out. Yeah, ring the bell, all this YouTube stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like, comment, subscribe.
0: Yeah. So also just, if you made it to the end, you're going to want to know when the next episodes come out. I'm going to be doing an episode with Nero from Golden Guardians tomorrow where we talk about in-house systems. And I'm going to be doing an episode with Emily later in the week where we go over her 10 Thoughts article that's most likely going to drop on Thursday morning. So you watch this on Monday morning. Nero's coming out Tuesday morning. Emily's likely coming out on Thursday morning for the JLXP episode. So thanks for watching. Once again, thanks for being here, Freak. And I'll see everybody next time. Thank you.